Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. Water baptism is a burial. This is a watery grave this morning. And so Paul asks us, do you not know that this, that he says, do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Now, we we don't have time to get into all of this this morning. I wish we did. Uh, We've done this before. We'll take another run at baptism in in the coming days. It's very important that we understand that spirit baptism and water baptism are very intimately connected. So much so that in Paul's mind, Paul says there is one faith, one Lord, one baptism in Ephesians 4. One baptism? How can he say there's one baptism when we know there's water baptism, there's spirit baptism? But in Pauline theology, in Paul's mind, there are two sides to the one coin. I go down in water baptism and be buried, and I come up to receive the new life of the Spirit, where it begins to emanate from me, and I live by the power of the Spirit. And so water baptism and spirit baptism are very, very closely associated. And every time you see baptism show up, there are four distinct baptisms in the scriptures. You could, you could possibly, well, there's three that we will focus on. You could add this fourth one and it's a valid one, but there's John's baptism of repentance and John baptized in water, a substance into repentance and experience. In a substance, into an experience. But it was an experience that was already a reality in the the people being baptized's life. Because when the Pharisees came to John and said, hey, put us down in the water, he said, bring forth fruit of repentance and then I'll baptize you into it. In other words, let me make sure that's a reality in your life and I will seal it with baptism. If you haven't repented, then you go down in this water, then you just come up a wet sinner. But if you've repented and turned from your sin, you're laying that old man, it's a confession before mankind that I recognize the man I used to be deserves the sentence of death that Jesus paid. And now I'm stepping into Christ and I'm going under this water by faith and I'm coming up in newness of life. I want to encourage you, if you're being baptized this morning, expect the spirit to come upon you in great power. We're going to have the elders lay hands on you this morning. In Hebrews chapter six, there's a reason it says, let us, he talks about the foundations of the faith, repentance from acts that lead to sin, faith in God, instructions in baptism, and the very next thing is the laying on of hands. Because it's down to leave the old man in the water and to come up and receive the power of the spirit that now we walk as men and women of the spirit from then on. And so they're very closely associated. So you have John's baptism into repentance. Then you've got Christian baptism. Romans 6, what we're talking about. So John baptized them in water into repentance. Baptism always has an in and an into. Christian baptism in in, uh, Romans 6, you're in water into Christ's death. So that you're free from the man you used to be. But it's not good enough just to be free from the old man. I need to be empowered to be the new man. It's not just that I'm kissing the old man goodbye. I am emerging a new man in the power of the spirit. And the tragedy is that sometimes we end up preaching half a gospel. We talk about leaving the old man, but we don't focus enough on stepping into the newness of life. 
So that's Christian baptism. There's also a baptism of suffering we're not going to get into. No one wants to get into that one this morning, do you? <laughs> then there's spirit baptism. And this one as well has an in and an in too. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, it says, Are we not all baptized in one spirit into one body? So it's in a substance. The substance this time is the spirit of the living God himself. Where you're dipped and drenched soaked, you come up dripping with him. That's what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is. But you're baptized into an experience as well. And in in the spirit baptism, the experience is not his death, it's his body. In water baptism, we say goodbye to the self-centered life where we lived for us. We come up out of the water and the spirit comes upon us and now we live for each other. We're a member of the body of Christ. And the Spirit empowers us to live that love. To live the new life internally with holiness and externally to release the life of God on others in ministry. The reason I bring that up is a lot of people look at the baptism in the Holy Spirit as something you get at salvation because of that verse. But just like John wouldn't baptize people into repentance until they'd already repented, Jesus doesn't baptize people in the spirit into the body unless they're already a part of the body. Baptism is already after the fact. It seals something that's already happened. It seals the deal. And so it's important for us to understand. Now, he says this, don't you understand? He said, do you not know? All of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We are baptized into Christ's death. Christianity started with the death, Jesus, and your Christian life starts with the death, yours. Jesus did not merely die for you, he died as you, and then calls you to pick up your cross as well. And so if the only way we see Christianity is something he did for us that we don't participate in other than to be grateful for it, you are going to live at best well below your inheritance. There is a repentance that is necessary for us to step into the Christian life. And it has to do with this death. Do you realize there is an offense to the gospel? And the danger is is that in this day and age, we try to pull the offense of the gospel out. Now we need to remove every barrier, every offense except the one offense. And that one offense is what Paul refers to as the offense of the cross. In fact, he calls it a stumbling block. The Greek word is scandalon. You see the root word there? Scandal. It really referred to the flip on a trap. I don't know about you, but but when Kathy and I worked for Teen Challenge, we had a lot of mice. I mean, they weren't rats, but they were big mice. You could have saddled a few of them and rode them. I mean, they were some big mice. And... uh, I, won't, I, have, I still have a picture in my drawer. I had my, bought one of my boys a BB gun. And honest to God, this is not an embellishment. I was maybe a little closer than I am to Sonny. And a mouse stuck his head out from underneath Kathy's pie safe. Poof, I hit him in the nose. And he backed in. And then he kind of hobbled over to another. Came out from behind a bookcase. And I hit him again in the shoulder. And then I waited and he died. And I held him up. I got me in the gun in my prey. <laughs> I still have the picture. I'm very proud of that hunting expedition. 
I just wish I would have mounted that head. Wouldn't that have been awesome? Little tiny thing. I, I digress. What made me think of that? I have no idea. I totally lost my way. Um, scandal on, scandal on. Okay, the, the gospel, there's an offense built into the gospel. And this is the offense. The offense is that you are a sinner. You can never be good enough to offer yourself to God. That is offensive to the human mind. We have to humble ourselves to get into the low door of the cross. We have to admit. And so baptism is a public confession of that very fact. We're saying, God, your assessment of my life is accurate. I deserve the death that Jesus suffered. And before God and man, before the principalities and powers, I am siding with God and I am laying aside the rights to live as a self-determining agent from now on. I'm coming under the lordship of Jesus. And that is offensive. But understand, you cannot be saved without that humble, that humble confession that we need Jesus. I don't need Jesus to give me a better day. I don't need Jesus because I'm going through a temporarily hard time. My biggest problem was me. Not what was happening to me. I was the problem. And God's solution was to kill me. He killed his son. And then he places me within him by faith. Jesus took the penalty of our sin. He died for us. But make no mistake about it, he also died as us. And when we accept him, by faith we step into him and we die to that old man. And the problem is, if we don't understand our true state, if we have too elevated a view of ourselves, if we can't admit that we're a sinner that needs saved, we're not just a victim that needs healing, we were victimizers, we were offenders that need forgiveness. The gospel is not just about healing us as victims, it's about forgiving us as offenders. And unless we embrace that fact, then we live this, we struggle along because we're still hinged to ourselves. Some of you have heard this story before. I, I worked at Teen Challenge for many years and when I first went to work there, we had this old monastery building and uh, we had these washers and dryers from the 1940s. And uh, the washer, the, uh, the dryer rather, you would light this flame and blow it out and you put your blue jeans in and they come out this big. I mean, these things were archaic. And the washer, you would put them in this big cauldron and there was this bent piece of metal and someone wrote marker hot and cold and you'd kind of figure out which one you wanted and you'd watch it fill and then you'd pour it in soap and it'd wash and then you'd drain it and keep draining it and putting water in there until there's no more soap. And then you would put it in the spin dryer. Now the spin dryer was about this big and it was supposed to have a safety lid on it because that thing could rip your arm off. But someone took the lid off and I don't know what happened and they removed the safety switch. You remember this, Randy? Remember that thing? You could always hear it. I'd be upstairs in my office and you could, someone's doing wash. 
And what they do is they put all your, your wet clothes on the wrong the perimeter and there's in this drum, there were all these holes and it would start to spin around really fast and it would suck those little clothes to the side. Kind of like the silly silo at Adventureland. Anybody, anybody vomited? I mean, everybody rode that and it would suck you to the side and it would pull all the water out and then you put it in the dryer. Well, one day there was a guy named Frank and uh, he was doing the wash and he didn't want, he, he realized, oh, I forgot this washcloth, a little wet washcloth. And it was a, and rather than stop the spin dryer and place it in, he just sat in his chair and thought, I'll just shoot it across there. And he threw it in there. And all of a sudden there was this sonic boom all over the building. The bolts holding that thing down were literally this big. There was an iron, uh, uh, pipe that went into the, a drain pipe that went into the concrete and all of those snapped off because what happened is that spin dryer had to have a center and when it was evenly distributed it would spin correctly you know in balance all of a sudden he threw that little wet washcloth in there and it hit the side throwing the center now make, creating a new center where that washcloth hit and it snapped the bolts and flew across the room and almost put a hole in the concrete wall And when I heard, yeah, it was terrible. When I heard about that, Frank got in trouble, by the way. Uh, what, I always thought that is a great example of us living a self-centered life. God created a world and the center is Jesus. And when we all just take our role and spin around him, life works. Everything's in balance. It even got a nice world to it. And then... Enter Dave Olson, the little wet rag that wanted to do his own thing. Ah, and when we create a new center where life revolves around us, things break. And we've got to embrace that fact, that reality. And if we can't humble ourselves and embrace that, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. It takes repentance and faith. A renunciation of living a self-life and an embracing of what Jesus did for us, a faith that I believe, Jesus, that you lived the righteous life I should have, and you paid the price, death, that I should have. And by faith, I believe that your sacrifice, your life, satisfies the Father. And by faith, I'm gonna enter into that, and by that, I enter into new life. But again, Hebrews 6, foundation of the faith, repentance, Turn from the old. Faith, believe in the new, and then baptisms. Why? Because this is a public act. It is a confession before the world that I recognize that my biggest problem is me. Paul went as far as saying this in Galatians chapter 6, 14. God forbid that I should boast in anything except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world was crucified to me and I was crucified to the world. It's an amazing statement. A man who had the equivalent of probably three PhDs by the time he was about 23 years old. Brilliant man. A leader in his religious sect and culture. And he counted it all dung. And he said, the one boast I have is the thing that took me out. The one, he, what he was saying is God did humanity and history a favor 
when he canceled the Saul of Tarsus out and replaced him with the Apostle Paul, a spirit-filled man. And I'm telling you, believers, even if you've been baptized, even if you've walked with the Lord for a long time, if you can't look at your life before Christ like that, then that's probably why you're struggling. You say, you're assuming? No, you're struggling. Because if we don't see ourselves like that, then we remain hinged to self and we try to live a self-centered Christian life and it won't work. God wants to deliver us not only from sin, but from the sinner. I'm gonna ask those that are being baptized to go ahead and line up. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter six says this, he, or Romans rather, he, he, talks, he begins to talk about sins, sins, sins as things we've done wrong. But then if you look in chapter three, he shifts and he begins to talk about sin. Not with a, an S on the end, sin, sin, sin. He's talking about two separate things. Sins are the things we do. Sin is a force within the sinner. God's solution to sins was the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins. But God's solution to sin was the cross. Watchman Nee, the great Chinese writer, had a great illustration on that very principle. And he said this. He said, you can, it, it, it's similar, what God did to humanity, it's similar to uh, a governor saying, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna declare prohibition of alcohol across this state. No more selling and consuming of alcohol. So the, the law comes in and they go into the alcohol aisle and they break all the bottles and let it run down the drain. And they said, there, we cleared it out. We took care of the sins, the bottles. Problem is next week they come back and the shelves are full again. And so they have to keep breaking the bottles. That's like repenting of our actions again and again and again. That's what the blood does. But he said God had a greater solution. He also gave us the cross. And the cross goes to the alcohol factory and shuts it down. Yeah. Yeah, that in Iowa. Yes, hallelujah, <laughs> years ago. And so what God wants to do is he wants to shut down the sin factory. But you have to first see it as a problem. Embrace that fact and make a public declaration. One of my spiritual moms, Sandra Collier. Come on in, guys. Sandra Collier, her and her husband were on staff with us for a number of years. She had this testimony. She was a very prophetic, wonderful woman of God. And what she, she had, when she first got saved, she was in a prayer line and she was being prayed for and the Lord gave her a vision and she saw herself carrying a dead body. And the Lord told her, rise and be baptized refusing to be baptized, not being baptized in water is like carrying the old man with you. He's dead, but you haven't buried him. And so water baptism is burying that old man. Man, it's hard to preach. I can see you're all looking at these cute kids. Uh, there is no competing with that. It, uh, we do make cute babies here. So, what's that? We're not babies. Right? Yeah. I, I stand corrected. You're right. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's what we want to do. We're going we're gonna to move into the baptismal service.
And uh, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you have, hey, guys, we need to, hey, guys, shh, let's listen up. If, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, it's a very simple thing. It's acknowledging, you know what? I realize that my sin is an affront to God. You can have socially acceptable sin or socially unacceptable sin. It doesn't matter. It stands between you and God. And if you're aware that I don't have a relationship with Jesus and I want one, I want to encourage you this morning. This is your opportunity. Why don't you just bow our head right now. Father, we thank you. Lord, I ask that you would strip the blinders from our eyes. And Lord, those in this room that don't know you, Lord, I ask that you'd awaken them to the reality of your existence. And Lord, that you would reveal to them their need for you. And if you need to surrender your life to Jesus, if you need to get right with the Lord this morning, I want you to raise your hand. There's no one gonna shame you. We're all in the same boat. But if that's you, just raise your hand high. All right. I see those hands. Anybody else? You can go ahead and put yours down. Anybody else? I'm gonna have you after the service come up and Pastor Laura, would you wave your hand? I want you to see Pastor Laura right here and she's gonna give you some material, pray with you and uh, get you where you need to go, tell you what you need to know, okay? All right, I'm gonna pass it off to you guys. God bless you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.